I'm always worried that people are thinking that I'm not listening. And I think that's why I overcorrect sometimes and why mm-hmm. I nod and like verbally affirm people that I'm listening because I just am always worried that they don't think I'm listening. And even when I do divert my attention, you'll notice when I'm talking to you that I'll be like, keep talking. I'm listening. If I start like doing something else, like I want you to know that I am listening because one of my biggest pet peeves is people not listening and not feeling like I had their undivided attention. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like to reassure people. gals hey there gals and welcome back to the episode of the gals guide we are a dating and lifestyle podcast i'm hannah and i'm emily and happy monday and welcome back for another episode we are so thrilled that you gals have chosen to listen to our beautiful podcast when you know that there's like a thousand other podcasts that you could be listening to so thank you for choosing us we have had a very interesting week i have had a very interesting week I feel like because my parents have been in Los Angeles this whole week and I like took the opportunity like when they were here to kind of be a tourist for the week and I mean I feel like there's a lot of things like that go on in LA that I don't feel like I ever get a chance to do because I'm so busy with like my everyday life that I don't have a chance I never really had a chance to do like the touristy things when I first moved here so one thing that my dad really wanted to do while he was here was check out the Getty Museum, which was stunning. It's huge. Mm. Um, and they have a lot of beautiful paintings and sculptures. They had a couple of Monet pieces, a couple of Van Gogh pieces, um, some Rembrandts. It was, if you're like really into art, um, highly recommend checking out the Getty. I've gone to a couple museums here in LA, but the Getty was one that I hadn't gone to and it's massive and sits up top of a hill in Brentwood near the UCLA campus and you can see the mountains like you can see all the way to the snow-capped mountains of Big Bear and Mammoth and you can also see like the beach and the ocean and the whole building's made out of this like really old tavertine stone which is really pretty as well and the gardens are absolutely breathtaking like if I highly recommend everyone go and see it and it's free which is like the best part of it oh that's really cool it's really, really nice. I feel like LA does a lot of like museum days where like you can get like a dollar into every museum if they're not already free. Um, but we did that. And then I, of course I took them to the Academy Museum here in LA, the Academy Motion Pictures Museum, which is my forte. Art is my dad's forte. Uh, film is my forte. And so, mm-hmm. um, they got to see a lot of that. They had a whole like Godfather display going on and like with all the like different props and stuff from the films. My dad was like freaking thrilled over that. And then we like took them to a couple other like little spots and I took them to my favorite restaurants. And then yesterday we did like a whole, we did like the Warner Brothers studio tour, which like I work in film and like, that's my whole like thing. But I actually had never gone to the Warner Brothers lot and I've never done the tour. And I was like, you know what? Having my parents in town is like a perfect time to kind of like do a little tour moment with them. And it was really cool because we got to go on the set of All American. We saw the some of the sets from Abbott Elementary. And those were, those were really cool moments. And obviously they had the whole set for friends still there immortalized for you to take, take photos on. 
and everything. Oh, I bet but... your mom was thrilled. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> That's right. My dad. Well, my, my my dad was thrilled because my dad loves the show All American, and so we get to go like on the set of like the Baker House. That's cool. And see that. Yeah. Um, and I got to see the school from Abbott Elementary. Um, so yeah, that was really fun. And then we also like so like Warner Brothers. If y'all are not aware, they have a whole like back lot where they're. They have a town, a fake town set up. Mm-hmm. And she's a lot of shows. So, like, they had, we got to see the bakery, Love's Bakery, and you. Ooh. Um, okay. Cool. Which is also used for other different things, for other shows. We got to see um, Luke's Cafe from Gilmore Girls. Like, the whole, like, basically um, Gilmore Girls uh, town set. And then the church that's also used in Gilmore Girls is also used in Pretty Little Liars. And the Radley Sanatorium, which is also used in Pretty Little Liars, like right across the street from the Friends Fountain. And, and this is all like just in the like back of the studio. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so wild. Because you don't it's think about same. it like that. Like you think yeah. of, you um, think about it like people, you're there like in a town. <laughs> the, the, I mean, this is why production design is so important because you have these people who go in and make the same town look completely different for all these different shows. Um, and it's just really easy to film on. Like there's so many things that are shot like, on these back lots. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's also cheaper to film like on a back lot than actually going mm-hmm. on location to a place. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like the things like that were really cool just to see and get a picture of and walk around and be, you know, be a tourist for a day. I highly recommend it. If you, even if you don't live in a city like LA, like I highly recommend going and being a tourist for a day in your hometown. It's mm-hmm. really fun. And, like, really cute. And you might learn something new about the city you live in. I love that. That's really cool. So I was vicariously living through you. And then I was also vicariously (laughs) living through my mother this week. Because my mom is just, like, the coolest person ever. She goes and does things by herself all the time. And she went on a business trip with my dad to Orlando, Florida. While he was doing all of his, like, business things, she literally took herself to Magic Kingdom for the day. And I just think that that is just iconic and the most amazing thing um, ever. Like, she was, like, sending us little selfies in front of the castle. And, like, she sent us a video of her on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And she was like, I'm on Space Mountain and I'm going into the Haunted Mansion. And I just thought it was so cute. And Dude, so- I bet it was so easy for her to get on rides as a single. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's because a lot of them have, like, the single rider um, like situation. So it was just so cute. And, um, I think she ended up just doing like a day at Disney Springs and then a day at the like hotel pool, the other two Dude, days. That's awesome. But I was just like, I love that for her. And I aspire to be like that. Like I want, I, that is something that I've always wanted to do is be okay. Like traveling alone. And I feel like that's something that I'm still a little bit hesitant to do. It's and so, so nice. I know. And so like watching her do it, I was like, okay, that's really fun. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I've literally just been working, but I've just been like living through everyone else, like on TikTok and you know, all the places. Um, because I'm like swamped at work and I'm trying to like mentally relocate. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been nice to just kind of watch everyone live in their best lives. Like the highlight of my day today was going to Sephora. So that's where we are. <laughs> I mean, that used to be the highlight of my day. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the highlight until the price tag. I was, I like bought new products at my wedding and I'm out of all of my products. So I had to like Mm. repurchase multiple things. I finally repurchased a new NARS Laguna bronzer. I have been using my bronzer (laughs) 
Oh my god, that's probably, such a throwback. I forget I've, that people still use I've, that bronzer. I've been using it probably for like three years, and it has like the teeny tiniest little little piece left. And I was like, I need to just buy this again. Like I use it every single day, so I'm just gonna buy another one. Oh but my yeah. god, that is hysterical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what has been your captivation lately? So, um, Blaine and I have been trying to watch some TV shows together because he is now on a normal, like, work schedule. Um, so he's home at night. And we have been really into, um, like, horror, thriller, psyche, like, shows. Um, we just started, we just found out that American Horror Story has a season 10 and 11 that we didn't know about. So we just started season 10. Um, so we're watching that right now, but we just wrapped up Devil in Ohio and it was very interesting. Um, it's got the lady, the Bones from Bones. Um, she's in it. She's like the main, I don't know her real name, but she's Bones. Emily we, Deschanel. We just called it's her Bones. Zo- <laughs> it's Zoe Deschanel's sister. We were just like, um, Bones is in here, so we're going to watch it. Um, oh but it was like God. basically, I'm not going to like give any spoilers, but it's basically about like a cult and this girl escaping it. Um, and so it was very interesting. Um, there's a twist at the end as there always is, but it's a lim- I think it's a limited series on Netflix. So I don't know if there will be like any other sp- seasons or how, what that actually means but um if it's a it was really series, good probably no it said limited i don't know what that means that means um no there's okay. no season two <laughs> cool that's what i figured i figured they were gonna leave it just like open-ended like they did um but yeah it was really good and um, we watched it like two days which we never do so um so yeah that that was a good show what about you um so mine is a piece of food um, that Ooh. I got to try this weekend. Um, it's caviar. I'm a oh my gosh. bitch. Um, <laughs> it was so good. Like, do not shiver at me, okay, miss? I like fruit and blueberries and shit like that. Like, <laughs> I think fruit and blueberries is a little bit more. Um, I don't okay. like blueberries. I will never like blueberries. I'm sorry. Um, but no, if you like salty foods. You will like caviar. Uh, like, is it pricey? Yes, obviously. Duh. But I went to, um, so I went to my favorite oyster place at my parents there in Malibu. It's called Broad Street Oyster Co. And you can get a lobster roll there and add caviar to the top of it. And it made it, like, I already love lobster rolls. It's already one of my favorite foods. Um, but adding caviar to the top of it gave a nice little, like, salty flair to it that just, like, is w- exactly what it needed. Um, and I tried it by itself. Like, I put some on the back of my hand, like, how you're supposed to eat it, and, like, licked it off. And, like, yeah, like, there's really no texture to it. That's um, what I was going to ask. Like, what, what's the texture? You don't feel anything. You don't feel anything pop. Like, well, I can't say anything. I eat hummus, and hummus is mashed up chickpeas. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, that's, why, that's why I was wondering if the texture was similar to hummus. Like, if it smooths out, or if it's just, like... Yeah, I mean, like, this is Or do is you just kind of like, swallow it? Like, do you even chew I it? I just... I just licked it and like swallowed it. I I didn't really even chew it. Um, I now granted this is not like a hundred dollar like little can of caviar that I'm eating straight out of putting on a cracker. Right, right. Like right. I was trying whatever was added to the top of my lobster roll, but no, it just tasted like I just licked some salt off my hand. That's what it tasted like, honestly. Like I, I just literally licked salt, and I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> I feel like you're really stepping out of your box with like food in LA. And I feel like that's, well, well, and I feel like it's really easy to there. There's so many restaurants. Like Blaine and I were having a really hard time 
last night trying to find a place to go that we haven't been before because there's Mm -hmm. only so many, like we live in a smaller town, so there's not like fun new places always to go try. Like we've Mm -hmm. pretty much tried them all. Um, and so I was getting like really discouraged cause I was like, I just like want to go somewhere that like has something totally different and like, and new. And so I think that's really like Bitch, the nice I, thing about living in a big city like that though. I bought seaweed like for at the grocery store. Oh, nice. Are you going to do the seaweed, salmon, rice? The thingy? Emily, yeah. the Emily bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I love it. I actually love that. That's I amazing. I was like, I really... Because I, 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 when I first started eating seaweed, I was only getting nigiri, which is like the rice with the fish laid on top. Mm-hmm. And um, as of recently, I started getting the maki rolls, which is your typical like sushi wrapped cut rolls. And because um, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like seaweed. Then I tried it. And I was like, oh, like, again, it's salty. Like, yeah, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, I like it. It's salty. Like, and so... Um, I was like, ooh, now I'll just start eating the Emily. And that's going to be my that's gonna be my next hyperfixation meal. Mm-hmm. I already know it. It's going to be the Emily um, bowls. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that and that's what we, like, ended up coming to our conclusion was that, like, we're just more excited to eat at home now. Like, mm. nothing, like, we can't, there's not really anything we want to, like, go eat. And so I think it's going to, ex- like, make us have to expand our, like, recipes and things that we make and yeah you guys can learn to cook more exciting dishes and more yeah, exotic dishes absolutely yeah. and like I think the thing that I get hung up on is like what do I take to lunch because I have to eat at the office so I'm trying to find more things to make like this girl on TikTok made this like really low calorie like um hot chicken basically like a homemade taquito but it was like a like a tortilla um, shredded chicken, Frank's hot sauce, and then like the low calorie, like, um, cow cheese and put it in mm-hmm. the air fryer. It was so good. And it was so filling. And I was like, I just need to like find little stuff like that, that I can take, um, to lunch. Cause I always get so hung up on like, I'm tired of eating a sandwich every day. And I just like, I'm not very creative when it comes to lunch. So I have been scrolling TikTok and saving recipes. Like it's my job. Um, so I hope I can find some that are like, I always forget about sushi. Like I, I got sushi out the other day at lunch. Meanwhile, it was like 40 bucks. I can't do that every day. But if I could do something like that bowl or something similar, that's like easy to take and put in the fridge, then that's like another thing to try. So Meanwhile, um, next week, I'm going to the new Taco Bell Cantina in Hollywood, um, which is Taco Bell with alcohol. So. Oh, no, that's cool. <laughs> we we broke down that night that we couldn't think of anything. We tried to go to Taco Mama, which is this like taco taco joint. Every single high schooler in our town was there mm-hmm. and the line was out the door. So we like drove somewhere else and parked in the parking lot. Couldn't think of anything. So we ended up at Taco Bell and I wanted to like, cut my stomach out of my body. I was like, I feel, I feel sick even before eating this. So See, just, I don't ever eat Taco Bell. Like I think I, the last time I had that, Taco Bell like, was high school. Yeah. Like the last time I had Taco Bell was probably like a drunk night in college. Like I just don't, we just don't do it. And so we were like, oh, and I was like, we could have done Moe's. We could have done anything else. <laughs> you did that to yourself. <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. I wasn't driving. <laughs> <laughs> okay gals well today's episode we are really excited to we have a solo episode for you um we're talking about being more attentive listeners we do such a great job at talking and you know connecting with people 
but what does it take to be like a better listener? How do you be a better listener in today's day and age while still being a very contributing partner in a conversation? So that is what we're talking about today. We found a couple of techniques that we really are excited to share with you gals. But before we get into that, we do have a couple other episodes that we think you gals would really recommend uh, checking out. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify or Apple and see our catalog of almost 170 episodes. And while you're there, leave us a rating and review. And you can also find more bonus content on our Instagram at the Gals Guide Pod and on our personals at Emily Elise and at Hannah Adams Miller. We are also slowly building our TikTok at the Gals Guide. So follow us on the Tickety Talk. And we're going to do a couple of ad reads really quickly and then we're going to get into today's episode. Okay, gals. So today's episode, we are talking about our favorite topic. Say it with me, Hannah. Communication. I was going to say listening. So we were really not on the same page. But basically, like you have to listen to communicate, you know? Like, be a better listener. Just, I'm done just, with this podcast. Yeah, I'm, just, I need to take my own advice and be a better listener because we had a whole discussion about what we were speaking about and I, like, totally didn't listen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Please don't get a new co-host. Love you, mean it. <laughs> Love you, mean it, okay? <laughs> I know so, you got a lot of coolie girls out there in LA, but, like, you're going to have to let this NC girl still be cool, Okay. <laughs> It would make it so much easier for interviews. (laughs) Listen, I already told you, I already be telling you, if we have some good interview people in person, I will be flying out. Okay? Y'all heard it here first. So basically, we love communication. And I was thinking the other day, we always talk about how to communicate better. But we don't ever really talk about how to listen better. And that's half of what communicating is, is listening. And... I don't think a lot of people, especially in like a younger generation, our generation, are so good at listening because you're always constantly thinking about what you're going to say. I know Mm -hmm. I am guilty of this. One reason is because I have ADD and I think a lot of people always think because I interrupt sometimes, they think that I'm not listening. I am listening so attunely that I want you to acknowledge, I want to acknowledge that I'm listening, that I want to respond quickly to what you're saying so that you know that I'm hearing you. You'll hear me in an interview say, mm-hmm, yeah, totally. All that all the time because I want the person that's speaking to know I am attunely listening. And I, I noticed this the other day when I was doing an interview at my job, we mm-hmm. were talking to Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park and one, that man can hold great eye contact and it was so is it like too much or like no it was not it was refreshing in comparison to i feel like a lot of celebrities they they don't and that's not to say like they they don't care or they're they're disingenuous it's i feel like some people don't often make eye contact when they're like trying to think of like a good answer for something and they're trying they're Mm -hmm. looking off trying to like recall memories or trying to recall an answer in the back of their head like it and i get it i do that a lot too Mm-hmm. But not once did he ever really break eye contact with me when he was replying to me and, like, you know, talking to me. And I thought that was really great. And I, like, was definitely nodding my head along, like, verbally and, like, physically, like, acknowledging that I am listening and I'm attuned to what you're saying. I'm not just, like, 
oh, what's the next question I'm going to ask him kind of thing. Right, right. And I think this has also been like the number one comment I've gotten on dates that is how great I am at listening. And I'm always shocked because I'm always worried that people are thinking that I'm not listening. And I think that's why I overcorrect sometimes and why Mm -hmm. I nod and like verbally affirm people that I'm listening because I just am always worried that they don't think I'm listening. And even when I do divert my attention, you'll notice when I'm talking to you that I'll be like, keep talking. I'm listening. If I start like doing something else, like I want you to know that I am listening because one of my biggest pet peeves is people not listening and not feeling like I had their undivided attention. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like to reassure people. But I went on a date with a guy like last year and he was driving like, and I'm like looking over at him, like leaning on the like center console and like nodding along to what he's saying. He's like, you, you're a really good listener. Like it makes me feel insecure that I... And I don't feel like I am a good listener. Like, I feel like you are a really good one. Like, I want to be a better, like, listener in that retrospect. And I don't think some people know how to do that. Mm-mm. And uh, it goes without mis- it goes without understanding sometimes. So I thought this would be a really good episode to talk about on the show today because it's just some a skill that maybe it seems easy to do, but then you're like, I, maybe I'm not doing it right. So I thought that we could share our stories with it and share a method that I found online that this girl used in her relationship. And I thought it'd be really beneficial for the gals to hear. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like our lives are so fast paced that we have like five or six or seven or 20 like tabs open in our brain at all times. So like, while like you come home from work and you're trying to have a conversation with somebody, like it is really hard, like to turn everything else off and like just pay attention to what is happening in front of you or like, you randomly get a text or like you've been at work all day. So you haven't been able to like respond to people or mm-hmm. um, check your social medias just for pleasure. Mm-hmm. And like you want to do these things, but you're also trying to have a conversation with somebody at the same time. And it's just like overwhelming. So like trying to find like a better way to like come home from work. At least this is for me, like come home from work, have like a few minutes to like do those mindless things, like mindless response to text, mindless scrolling for a second and then put the phone away. And then yeah. turn my attention to like my husband or or like whoever I'm like spending time with that night. Um, I feel like I am a really good listener unless I am very stressed about like my life in general. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have a hard time like kind of navigating that because I think like there's so many things in my brain that I need to do and I feel not like I'm wasting time, but like that I can't concentrate. Like I'm trying so hard to concentrate, but I miss things. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited about this episode because I think it can definitely apply to my life, especially in this season right now um, where I'm like trying to record an album and I'm trying to work full time and I'm like really picking up extra hours at work and we're doing the podcast and that's really going well. And we're having all these interviews and like my brother is graduating from college and like all these things and I'm trying to keep up with everybody and so I think this is going to be super helpful. I'm very excited. Yeah. I think one thing that I've noticed I find really sexy when I'm on dates is when a guy has his phone on Do Not Disturb. I Ooh, am. Yes. I am definitely the kind of person. I will have my phone out on the table, but it's face down to where I can't see it. And that's mainly because my phone can't fit in my pockets on my purse. So it has to go on the table. <laughs> You're like, I got that iPhone 14, guys. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. So it has to go on the table, but I make sure it's face down. 
And mm-hmm. I don't have notifications really on anything anyways. And I always keep my phone on silent. I don't even have vibrate on. So mm-hmm. I I won't even be alerted if there's a text or a phone call or anything. Like, it's just not going to show up. Mm-hmm. So I am always curious how guys are on their own dates. And I've hung out and gone on dates with some guys before. And they'll, like, be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, like, they have, they'll, like, pull their phone out. And I can see it's on Do Not Disturb. And I'm like... That's hot. That's mm-hmm. nice. Because I feel like I'd have your undivided attention at that point, And I feel like you're not going to be distracted by your phone. They're probably checking their phone because they're looking at the time. Or, you know, they want to, like, check in on something really quickly, like a reservation, whatever it may be. So I really love when they do that. And I think if you don't have, like, your phone on complete silent and you don't have your notifications silent, when you're with someone and you're trying to spend quality time with a friend or on your own a date, I think definitely putting your phone on Do Not Disturb is key i mean there's so many different types of do not disturb you can do now and i I know that's really nice i love it this is it has literally changed the game for my productivity at work because Mm -hmm. i work Mm -hmm. off of my laptop so my iMessages are connected so i just put it on focus and i do it like until until the evening or whatever and like it is wonderful like it does not turn off until i turn it back back on it's so what is so nice See, I always have my computers on Do Not Disturb. I don't want to see text messages come through on my computer at all, ever. Oh, I like um, doing I like doing it when I'm not at work. I like being I, will, I love res- responding to text messages on my computer. I prefer I'll respond, it. but I don't want to see the notification. Oh, you like, just like the little the- one or whatever down. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. So on my phone, I don't have preview messages at all. So like if it's someone texts me, it doesn't say the message at all. Mm-hmm. So you have that privacy. But... I have like work mode, so only like when it's in work mode, it shows I'm do not stir, but like I get Slack messages, I get emails, and then people, like my boss and my coworkers, their text messages will come through without a problem. Yeah. And it's a really great way to filter that. And like my mom and dad still too, because yeah, like, I don't know yeah. or something. But I, I love having those different features just because it allows. I don't feel like I'm blocking out everybody like I need to hear. And like, you know, I want to make sure that my boss is texting me like I can still like, and I'm working that I can get her text messages. But you're filtering it out to where you can really focus on work and not be distracted. Or like, even if you were to go out on a date, I'm sure that there's like a personal setting that you could do like that way. So like if you need somebody to SOS text you or whatever, SOS phone call you, (laughs) it'll come through. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I... I think misunderstanding and miscommunication, it just not listening is 70% of why there's conflict. It's just people just not attentively listening. They're hearing what they're saying, but they're not actively listening. Mm-hmm. And so that is the key word we're looking at today is active listening. And it's not constantly thinking of what your response is. It's hearing what they're saying, acknowledging what they're saying, and then replying after after they've had their full thought through because I feel like a lot of people when they're listening and they're thinking of the response they're only listening to that first half of the sentence because by halfway through that sentence they're trying to think of their response and so you're not getting the full picture you're not getting the full idea like you already are emotionally reacting to it and like it's someone's like wait let me finish what I'm saying first Mm -hmm. and then you can reply because by the time I get to the end of this what I'm saying you might have a different feeling and you might react differently and then it's going to solve half the issues that we're having and there's no reason for you to get upset Mm -hmm. so that's a good point that you bring up because that i've not really ever thought of like where i think it's going it may not go 
Like yes. you may start and a so sentence and I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly where she's going with this. And then you're like totally over here and like left field and I'm over here in right field. And like what I would, what I would have said had I not listened to you would have made absolutely zero sense. Yeah. And it, <laughs> or you would have been like, cause mm, a conflict that doesn't, he cause a conflict that didn't need to happen to begin with. And right. so a lot of times whenever there is like a conflict and I'm, there is an argument that I'm trying to have a conversation with the person, I'm like, let me just say my piece and then you can talk. Right, like, because let it lets get, you get everything out and then gives them the opportunity out. to digest it and then respond. Yes. It also pisses me off because then I can't finish my thought and I forget what I was going to try to fucking say. You're like, listen, I have rehearsed this seven times on the car ride over here, okay? And I'm going to need you to let me finish <laughs> this, okay? I prepared a whole fucking monologue, this bitch. This is a monologue? Like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to get an Oscar winning performance off of this monologue. So I need you to let me do the whole catharsis with it and get through it. You just, need, you to, so you just much. need to start out the conversation with, I need you to wait to respond until I'm finished. And honestly, Boom. honestly, when I told a certain someone how I felt about them and I read them a letter, I was like, I need to say this whole thing. I need you not to say a fucking word this entire time. And he did that. Exactly. And I kept having dramatic pauses. I was like, is he going to reply? I can keep going. Okay, cool. Like I was so like just checking in to be reassuring. And he like didn't interject, didn't say yeah, anything. It because was great. That's respect. Like you asked yes. for that. He respected that. And then he responded at the end. He let you say your piece. He let you read your monologue letter, your Oscar winning letter. <laughs> and it was beautiful. I, I don't but know I what the letter it- says, but I'm going <laughs> to assume it was great. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's something that I think a lot of people can relate to because no one wants to have conflicts to begin with. And you don't want to, especially if you have one, leave it feeling like it was unproductive and leave you both feeling worse at the end of it. You want to have to feel like there's a resolution. And so I think having this communication tool that this person named Lara, L-A-R-A, which is listen, affirm, respond, and add information. I think it's a really conscious way to find a better way to communicate. So we're going to go over it. So the first step is the L. It is listen. Listen with the intent to understand, not respond. No interrupting, which is literally what we're just saying. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to what they mean, not just what they say. And I think that that is not just listening to the words they're saying, listening to the subtext and the emotional resonance behind the people are saying. It doesn't mean to sit there and be like a detective and be like, well, they're saying one thing, but... Their tone is another thing. I'm not saying that you need to be fucking Nancy Drew over here, okay? <laughs> We're not saying that you need to, like, dive into the words of William Shakespeare and decipher what the emotional resonance of what they're saying is. What I'm saying is, if they're telling you something and you are like, well, maybe they're just, you know, bluffing. Like, if they're saying they don't want to do something, but you're thinking maybe they'll change their mind or something, listen to the words they're actually saying. Mm-hmm. Listen to the tone they're saying in it. If they're saying it like, oh, no, I don't really want to do it. Like, maybe. But, like, if they're saying, like, no, I don't want to do that, you can't convince yourself that they're going to change their mind. You right. have to take their words at face value, what they're giving you. And you have to believe that people are innately going to tell you the truth and what they're saying. Like, I, you can't go into a conversation thinking that, you know, they're, they're lying unless, like, this is a much long-winded conversation that you've had in the past and this person's like a pathological liar or something. But I think it's just acknowledging that people, what they say at face value and really just understanding and not 
trying to put like your own interpretation into it if that makes sense yeah no I definitely think like honestly kind of like taking it for face value and not trying to read too deep into it because I think a lot of times like you like hear you hear what you want to hear yes like you could be listening to every single word they say but you are going to hear it and interpret it the way that your brain wants to interpret it so like trying to not do that and actually just like listening to what they're saying and like find the meaning behind that, that is like from them and not turning it into something that you either yes. want it to be or like find, like you said earlier, like finding a reason it's setting to a boundary. Yeah. Finding a reason to make it like a conflict situation when it's not a conflict situation at all. Yes. Someone says they don't want to do something. Say they like you invited them to a red carpet and they say, no, I don't want to do that. I mean, there's some people out there who may not want to go to a red carpet. They may not like, want to go to the Grammys. Pick me. <laughs> But there are some people I'm sure out there that would be like, I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. Mm -hmm. Like having that many people perceive me and be out in public. That's literally like if you asked me to go to the Super Bowl, I'd be like, "Mm, I don't think so. It's like, oh, come on. J-Lo's going to be there. Like Like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, I don't, I don't like football. Because when you're, when I say, when I say I don't want to do something and then you're sitting there trying to convince me or trying to like make me switch my ways, you're not then analogizing that person's boundary. And, and we're not also not respect. gonna have a good time. If I don't want to be there, we are we are not having a good time. You are gonna wish exactly. you invited somebody else. <laughs> yes. And so the next step would be affirming. And so if you're confused about what they're saying and you're thinking that there is like a double entendre there and you want to make sure that you're clarifying the meaning, you can affirm the speaker's feelings. And this step builds like a common ground and helps them feel heard. And also can help you get clarification. And so using sentences like, I think I hear what I, I think what you're saying is dot, dot, dot. I hear what you're saying is dot, dot, dot. I sense that you feel dot, dot, dot. So just honestly, kind of like repeating back what they're saying. And if you want to put it into your own words and get that confirmation from them that you are hearing it correctly. I do this a lot of times with my boss because I want to be like, just to make sure you're wanting I mean, to just do- to clarify, like, and then rephrasing what she said or like yes. saying it similar. Yeah, yes, that's a great a way idea. That makes, just so like that you no one's getting lost in translation and there's no that no that miscommunication. And then if you are misinterpreting it incorrectly and like maybe they didn't phrase it in the way that they think is probably best for you to understand, they can then take that chance to re- rework their sentence and make you understand a little bit better. I think that's a great way, especially if you're having like a really big conflict and you, it's a great way to kind of prevent emotions from getting ahead of you in a situation. And there's some people who would do this, I think very sarcastically. And so what they would do it saying with is... so much attitude and sass. I'm talking about you. But Me? <laughs> I can see you doing that. I don't know if I've ever really repeated back something someone has so said. What I th- so what you're saying is... Um. <laughs> Not maybe with the sass. No, but I think that's a good idea. Like, especially if, like, there is a miscommunication or it comes across in a way to you that you don't... Like, that you're like, huh? Like, where that came out of left field. Like, that doesn't seem like what they were trying to say. Like, that might be a good way to clarify mm-hmm. it so that you are not responding to what you thought they said. When mm-hmm. in reality, it was nowhere near that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a good idea. And then we're going to respond. And this is, where, <laughs> this is where you use I statements to respond honestly to the speaker's concerns. So you're not saying you, like, you're not attacking them. Mm-hmm. And you're not putting all the focus, like, onto 
like their pronouns. Like you're thinking of, well, I feel, I think, I understand, I don't understand. Like you're using I statements. So, cause otherwise it's going to feel like you're labeling or attacking them and you're trying to shift all the blame if it is your fault or shift all the focus onto them and take none of the responsibility or take none of the um, actionable steps forward in the conversation. And I think it's more important to focus, like you're still listening, you're still acknowledging this person, but they also need to know how you're feeling in that exact moment. And so when you're using those I statements, you're going to better execute that. And I think using more of, I'm the kind of person that would use more of I feel because I am definitely the kind of person that's thinking with my emotions and my heart over logically with my head. I know there's some people out there who rather use I think or I believe and that I'm, I'm not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I think those are people who are more left brain side. And I think more people who are right brain side are going to naturally use I feel. Yeah. So yeah. I know sense. there's probably like, there's a, probably like a whole scientific definition behind all of that and why that is the way it is. I'm not a scientist. I just have a podcast, so I cannot tell you. Like, I'm not a scientist. I'm a podcaster, so I don't know. So <laughs> that's my it's speculation. It's a grain of salt. <laughs> so yeah, it's just using shifting more the focus onto yourself and like how you feel, acknowledging how you feel, and it's also mm-hmm. a great way to ground yourself and like look inward for a second in the heat of a moment. Yeah, definitely. So I would also wrap it up with the last A being ask questions, add information, either one. If you have any questions for the speaker, this is the time to ask them. Ask open-ended questions and remember to actively listen when they're answered. So no yes, no questions. And also don't ask a question and then just don't listen. Like I hate when people do that. Like when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're going back and forth and like you both have been like listening and participating and then someone like ask another question, but then they like drift away and they're like not even paying attention. I'm like, why did you ask? If you don't care, why did you ask? Um, Because now you're wasting my time. And I don't appreciate yeah. that. So, And you can honestly go through this whole conversation and switch roles to where one person's doing Laura and the other person's not doing Laura. I think that would be a way to kind of see both sides. And it's not a part of like this person's method or anything, but I think it's a really nice way to kind of wrap up the conversation and see if you have everything clear. And I think it's this is something that kind of ha- can happen before the conflict even like has to occur. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to, I think, avoid a conflict. And... I think ways that this method could help a relationship is you're creating an environment where everyone can be equally heard and it doesn't feel like all your arguments are feeling one-sided. I've definitely been in relationships to where I felt like I had to be so repetitive because we were having the same fight over and over again. And that only gets, that gets exhausting very quickly. Like you're only going to want to do that so many times before you just throw in the towel and at that point, when you're done and you're still in that relationship, the person's going to get silent and stop voicing their concerns and stop willing to communicate because they are feeling like they're not going to be acknowledged and they're not going to be heard. So what the fuck is the point of even saying anything else? Mm-hmm. And at that point, your relationship or your friendship, whatever it is with this person, is already doomed and you've already hit rock bottom. And it's really hard to come out of that place. And it's hard to bring by that trust to that person to feel like you have an open and safe environment where they can discuss their concerns because you haven't been doing it in the past. So I think that this is a great way to not invalidate other people, make people feel like they're hurt, and like just cut out a lot of unnecessary frustrations because 
it's one thing to like talk over people like when you're excited like we do on this podcast sometimes like we get so excited Mm -hmm. it's one thing and then there's another thing when you're in an argument or you're in a conflict or in a disagreement with somebody and they're talking over you and you definitely at that point feel like you're not being heard at all right so then you and then you you shut shut down and you shut down and then you create a divide that didn't need to be created so yeah yeah i think it also will help people recognize it like and understand any underlying feelings they have behind arguments and it will keep them from escalating too quickly um Mm -hmm. and letting people's emotions get ahead of them and i think a lot of fights for me it's whenever i feel like i'm being misunderstood and i hate when people like speak for me and that often happens and then that leads into a fight like if if that does happen i mean it, it often leads into a fight because you're not going to speak for me you may be dating me you may love me you may be in a relationship with me whatever you are not speaking for me i am my own person and mm-hmm. so when you start making assumptions of how i feel or when you start just misunderstanding how i feel it's not going to lead to a healthy communication style. So I think using a me- if I had used a method like this before and previous relationships, it probably would have saved so many arguments, probably would not have cried on the street on my birthday. Um, Crying on the street <laughs> near the bus stop. <laughs> weren't, we ne- weren't we near the bus? <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> Why that had to be sung, I... I don't know. I've been in a singing mood all day. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) But when when I feel misunderstood, it takes me a lot longer to kind of cool down and to walk away because I'm going to just feel like I need, I'm going to keep escalating it. I'm going to keep my emotions rising. Like you and I both kind of do this. Oh, yeah. And it just, it's just it's going to end worse. It's going to end badly. And so I think when we get to the subjects and we kind of are just, you have to have that trust. It's, you're not going to be able to get to the underlying feelings behind an argument until you have done that first step and establish that trust. Um, and like I said, you will get, be able to take a breather, I think, and prevent things from emotionally escalating. And this is something you can do more often. Like you have these weekly check-ins. We've talked with Kirsty before, Taylor, one of our, friends and the previous guests multiple times on the show she does this with her partner all the time they have these weekly check-ins and they allow each other to have like these soliloquies where they are having this uninterrupted like podium time to kind of get this stuff off their chest and they use like a laura basically response system to kind of work through these disagreements and it really has saved their relationship and made it so much more respectful and comfortable and long lasting. I mean, they're getting married. So I think it's a really great way to kind of, you know, just help people feel more secure and trust that the issue won't get just brushed under the rug or forgotten, or the person's not going to get irrationally angry at them Mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of the argument and be afraid. Cause oftentimes, I mean, that was a one reason I was always afraid also to start any like conflicts or bring up any disagreements just because I was afraid that they were going to escalate and it was going to get ugly and scary. So it was oftentimes better for me to be quiet than get into like a yelling match with somebody. Yeah, no, that's really fair. Mm. I think you can also become more empathetic and approach the situation with more empathy when you feel like you've been wronged and practicing empathy with this method has 
I think could help people realize that empathy doesn't mean you have to agree with the other person or, you know, say that the other person's right. You can just understand better where they are coming from. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should agree or disagree, anything like that. It just will soften the approach and help you understand how you can then go about your relationship with them. Yeah. And then it ultimately, I think it just brings you closer. I think anytime you have better communication and better listening, you have more emotional intimacy that everybody needs. And that's been like our whole thing this past couple of weeks in these episodes. It has been emotional intimacy and how you can gain that and that sense of vulnerability. And I think this is probably a really good locking key to that. Mm-hmm. So I guess the survival tip for this week is use Laura and all your relationship disagreements. I think this would be a really great way for everybody to practice not only in their relationships, but also in their friendships in their work relationships as well, in order to make sure that, you know, you don't lose your job, you don't lose your friends, and you don't lose your partner. Yeah. The month of love, we're not losing anybody, so. This is a great way to show love. I think listening is a great way to show love. Mm -hmm. And this is a really effective and gentle way, an easy way anybody can do it. If you don't know how to communicate love and you're afraid to communicate love, this is the easiest and gentlest way you can do it with anybody in your life. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Bye.